Welcome to Extra Points with your host, Cousin Sal, and his pals, Dave Damashek and Charlotte Wilder. All right, welcome to the Extra Points Podcast, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Cousin Sal coming to you live with his good, good pals, Dave Damashek and Charlotte Wilder. You always want to say coming to you live, but it doesn't make sense, right? And whenever you're speaking, it's live. But this is not going to roll out live. So then I got stuck. I didn't know if I should say live or not. So now here I am. Now this is a podcast. I don't know if you know where you are. Yeah, right now. crap. And I, I and I said it in the beginning. It was the first thing I said. Is it's a podcast? What did I? What did I? What's the matter with me? I I enjoyed being a fly on the wall for that conversation <laughs> with yourself there. <laughs> Thank you. I do I do that all the time. So it was fun <laughs> to be in the more passive chair. Speaking of conversations with myself, I went on Jimmy Kimmel live. Actually, also not live for the first time as a guest last night. I'm pushing this book. You can't lose them all. Uh, it uh, went out yesterday and, uh, thank you both for your, um, your nice, your kind words and your tweets and everything and your support. And, uh, yeah, it was weird being on Jimmy, like walking, being announced and being, and not being on the street and facilitating some dumb man on the street thing between, you know, uh, uh, like, uh, how much couples know each other or whatever it would be. But yeah, he was actually <laughs> on there asking me about my book at a blazer on. And, uh, it was very strange because, you know, it's not a full audience. In fact, it's just like it's just like uh, a few of our friends and then like grips and lighting guys in the audience. So it feels like 20 of the 150 seats. And I, I know everybody. I know all the people. So it's like having a uh, having like a, 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 a barbecue in your backyard. Someone explained <laughs> it to me. It's like having a barbecue and then stopping the barbecue and saying, hey, everybody listen to me for seven minutes. I know you're all my friends, but this <laughs> did you is like it. it or like, did it feel more comfortable or I was more nervous than I thought I would be, which is really yeah. stupid because I talk to Jimmy all the time. But it's and I've, stupid. It's a big deal. Yeah, but I've like wrestled in front of 19,000 people and it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't as big a deal. And uh, did you yeah, lift on there? Did you lift your um, your your standard do not make eye contact with me rule with the with the stage guys? I know oh, no, oh, no, no, no. That had to stay. That had to remain. Yeah. And then once I caught myself on the monitor and just I blurted out, look how fat I am. <laughs> and, uh, so that derailed from the conversation a little, although they left it in. And I'm like, Guillermo, you were supposed to remind me to lose weight. And uh, and I didn't. Um, but yeah, I mean, we told all the same dumb stories and uh, Jimmy was great. And I got out of there. No, <laughs> I, I want to hear, though, because listen, uh, I, I, you know, it's not my way to put you on the spot, Sal, but yeah, Jimmy has been interviewing people for 18 years, muzzle right. tub to everyone at Jimmy Kimmel Live. 18 years after we, you and I, and uh, and obviously everybody else there, um, gathered around for the first ever show on a Sunday night. It yeah. was, in fact, the debut of Jimmy Kimmel Live 18 years ago was at, just after the Buccaneers destroyed yes. the Raiders in that Super Bowl. Oh, and my Warren, God. Just Warren thought Sapp about that. I was thinking about that, too, Dave. That could be a Buccaneers year, Charlotte. It was oh when no. the show started, and now here we the are. The curse same, of Jimmy. Same exact <laughs> right. uniform, same uniform and everything, too, the red uh, jersey and everything. And uh, But this time it was on the West Coast, and Warren Sapp got on a helicopter in San Diego, uh, for the kids out there, there used to be a pro football team in San Diego, California. Right. And so there was a stadium and too. And so Warren Sapp got a helicopter ride up and he landed in the field, if I'm not mistaken, at mm -hmm. Hollywood High. And this was and Coldplay 
played it. They shut down Hollywood Boulevard. And mm-hmm. so there were thousands of people out on the street. And I remember Jimmy's not my cousin or anything, um, but I remember feeling just abject, almost paralyzing nervousness <laughs> for him. Like, oh, my God, like this is live. You can't just like not do it. I mean, what, what are you supposed to do? And there he was. And we're standing there. The Super Bowl had wrapped up and all the whatever, the celebration for the Super Bowl. And like, all right, here's the debut of our new late night show. Good luck against Letterman and Leno. Yeah. Jimmy Kimmel. Um, And and then next thing you know, it's like, here he is, Jimmy Kimmel live. And then it's like Jimmy's walking through thousands of people out on Hollywood Boulevard into the building. Right. He liked that entrance. Steve Allen used to do that a hundred years ago. And he's like, I like that walking up the steps and me, you know, maybe high fiving people on the side or not, whatever. But yeah, that was, it uh, was awesome. And it really was neat, but I was so, so afraid for him. And then it was mm -hmm. George Clooney. And then it's like, Jimmy Kimmel's talking to George Clooney on a couch on Jimmy Kimmel's show. I would really (laughs) sounds like you're playing early two thousands Mad Libs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Warren Sapp, Coldplay, George (laughs) Clooney. It was. I, I remember that, and then somebody threw up at the. There was like because they had all also, these cocktail that tables. Also, happened in the early 2000s. There you right. go. That doesn't occur anymore. Um, all these little cocktail tables all spread around in the bar front lobby area of the cool building, the El Capitan, where uh, where the Kimmel Show still um, is done. And uh, somebody threw up. The whole idea was like retro cocktail party. Johnny yeah. Carson, you know burning nails and drinking a smart cocktail while you chop up what what the latest is in show business. But then somebody puked and then ABC shut down pretty quickly. Someone puked like, in the in the audience they were serving beer. So there oh, was the outside. Oh, you mean because they were drunk they threw up? Yeah, yeah. They yeah, threw yeah, up yeah. And, like, and ABC is like, um, I think we need to class this up a little bit. <laughs> this is getting a little crazy here. This, is get, this can't be the man show part two. But yeah, you're right, Dave. 18 years ago, Jimmy had George Clooney on, and now he's 18 years later, he had his cousin on talking about this A huge this step up, book. honestly. <laughs> Thank Look, you. Look, Sal, I'm not doing a podcast with George Clooney. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> You're not? All right, no, I, I'm, I chose you. He asked me, and I was like, I have this Sal thing. <laughs> it's so crazy. Um, so that was that. Uh, oh, I did a weird thing yesterday. Um, I had our crack uh, social media staff on this. I'm like, have Oprah... Holding, I had a, uh, we made a whole bunch of mock-ups of people, people in film um, reading my book. So there's John Travolta on the toilet before he gets shot. Spoiler alert, sorry, in Pulp Fiction, he's reading my book. Um, and then we had just like Oprah holding it. And uh, and I post this on Facebook or Instagram. I'm like, oh, Oprah calls it her favorite book of all time. Something stupid. My mother goes nuts about this. She's like, oh, how no. in the world did you get Oprah? Now, the picture is from Oprah in, uh, talk about retro, Charlotte. It's Oprah like 2005. Oh, back no. in the Oprah. Had a show. Like she's you oh, know, my God. 15 years younger. And uh, and then she proceeds throughout the day to slam me with texts from people. Oh, my God, your son, the, all her Yenta friends believe this thing. No. That you, Oprah, Oprah loves oh, your book. I got to get this. And now these... um. <laughs> Now these 70-year-old <laughs> Jewish women are going to order this book and they're going to read about um, Chinese basketball over-unders. And they're like, what the hell is it? Why did Oprah <laughs> like this book? 
This is insanity. And it made me think two things. One, you no longer need to tour. You could just put up a picture of Ellen holding your book or yeah. Oprah holding your book. And if you fool enough people, there it is right oh there. Look at that. When was that? That was like 20 years ago, Oprah. That, uh, <laughs> that is not current day Oprah. Oh, that is. Yeah. So, that's a, who did that? That's a great photo. Mikey Meatballs is good at the photoshops, apparently. Yeah. Wow. Really that, unbelievable was one. that was me. He knocked it. That was you, Jim. Jim? I mean, Jim. you knocked that. Crushed that. Jim, I'm gonna have to. You're, I'm gonna have to give you a cut, uh, a percentage of the books I sold because of Oprah. Just give me Oprah's you. number. <laughs> I'll give you her number. Um, but yeah, I thought so you were gonna say that you got sued. <laughs> well, that's coming, I'm sure. Uh, if I make too big a deal out of this, but the the big thing is one, you no longer have to tour. Just uh, just have a good Photoshopper like uh, uh, Hail Producer Jim. And number two, this is why so many crockpot theories get passed around on Facebook. When oh, people yeah. can't even recognize an easy, not not so easy, Jim. I know you worked hard on it. But photo manipulation on that. That's why the theories get spread and and uh, conspiracy, this and that. And it, it doesn't take long to look at that and see that Oprah is 20 years younger than she is when the book came out. Yeah, right? you are the, the QAnon of book promotion. <laughs> I'm a QAnon factor for sure. Yeah, so... <laughs> Uh, so that was that. And I just really quickly wanted to speak on the book tour thing. They have you do the day it comes out. They have you do what's called a junket. So you're on from 540 in the morning to 740 in the morning, giving out uh, every 10 minutes. They roll a new interview and you're online and there's someone who f facilitates it on the other end. And like, all right, now you're going to talk to Boomer breakfast with Boomer in Des Moines, Iowa. And you go right through them all. And they're all small cities and big cities. And it's a mix of fans and non-fans. And most of probably the 15 um, uh, hits I did were fans, probably 10 or 11. But then there were some that just drove me crazy. But I, I got like one or two Uncle Sal's. I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. And then the worst was like uh, the, uh, one Uncle Sal and was like, hey, man, but so tell me about gambling. Is that cool? I'm like, no. It's not cool because it's led me to this moment. But yeah, okay, thank you. And then there were some people who just really don't give a damn. And they're like, he's an American comedian who lives in LA. I was like, oh, you son of a bitch. An American You're just, you're just reading, you're reading from Wikipedia right now. You're not even trying. If you took Wait, the word is that American what your Wikipedia out, says? I must say American comedian. I'm looking up your Wikipedia. It really, take the word American out and you can maybe fool me into thinking you know who the hell I am. And so then I go off on this guy. I'm like, oh, American comedian? Why, you're having a lot of Australian comedians and so you needed to differentiate? And he's like, no, he's lost. He doesn't know that I'm amazing. What? Well, I'm like, ah, just forget it. But anyway, Dude, so that's- Your Wikipedia that's, page is unbelievable. Am I an American comedian still? Also known as Cousin Sal is an American attorney, comedian, writer, and game <laughs> show host. An American attorney is even dumber. <laughs> American <laughs> attorney. <laughs> hey, uh, Char, uh, do yourself a favor. Uh, yeah. Read uh, Damashek's at some point. There are, there are a lot of mistruths. Oh, really? People. Did you sneak oh, yeah. those in there? No, <laughs> I didn't know. Weisenheimer sneak them in there about my web feet and how I was a, uh, <laughs> a state champion swimmer as a result of it and everything else. See, uh, you're, what an was... American, you're an American television writer and radio personality. <laughs> Damashek is a football analyst, writer, and podcaster. I don't know I, about any of those. But anyway, Sal, <laughs> what was Kimmel's? I mean, the, the, there's just a, a whole bunch of nonsense in there. Um, Sal, so what was Jimmy's worst wait, question? Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. One more what thing from Wikipedia say? before. <laughs> this is unbelievable. In the worst might be, it's like you're going to be, this is really ridiculous and embarrassing. Be oh, like, sorry, sorry. That I, no, no, no. 
That no, one. I, actually. I read it wrong. I thought that they said the the podcast was called um, Extra Points with Sheck and Schwartz, and I was going to be really excited that they got the uh, they mixed nice. it up. But it, oh, they <laughs> updated just, it. Eh? I just oh, read good. it wrong. I just read it wrong. Anyway, continue. <laughs> Uh, Did Jimmy ask question? any lame questions to you? No, he didn't. I mean, it was pre-produced. I'm going to be honest. I, I knew a lot of what was coming. He hit me with uh, one one or two uh, out of there, but uh, not nothing really lame. You know, the, the thing is, I had told every story 14 times on this um, junket, so I kind of had it uh, nailed by then. But anyway, enough of my dumb book. We have a Super Bowl coming up, guys, right? It's like mm -hmm. 10 or 11 days away. Um, this is a... Uh, the weird time where you're in the middle, you, you, you can't t dive too deep into the props or anything because they're not up there. Um, also weird, Friday, uh, th there's no there's no media day. You guys have both been to media day, right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Charlotte, oh, what's, yeah. <laughs> what are some of your good experiences with media day? They're not having it this year. I guess they're doing it virtually, which seems even sillier to have guys dress up in costumes for a virtual media day. Yeah, I media day to me, I think it's hilarious because I think that, you know, real journalists get very offended by it now because they say it's yeah. just a spectacle. And I'm like, well, yeah, but that's pretty funny. Why? Like, you're not going to get anything out of these guys are so guarded at that point by the league and team PR that like you think, oh, you think they're actually going to put you in like a small conference room and you're actually going to get something out of Rob Gronkowski tonight. Yeah. Like you can't. But so, you don't um, want to be in a small conference room with Rob Kronkowski anyway. You're, you're, no, he, it, it turns it into a, a wrestling thing. match immediately. <laughs> yeah, right. um, the best, my best media night bits, um, I think, well, one, I went to Brady's press conference in Minneapolis um, and I'd had the flu, so I had no voice left. Like I wasn't sick anymore, but I had no voice. And um, I, it was when the TB Times, his fake newspaper, the height of his fake newspaper, and he had this crocodile that he would keep putting in the Instagram posts as a cartoon. Mm. And I was obsessed with finding out who the crocodile was. So I went to this. I got there early. I like stood in front of the podium and I screamed anytime there was a an opening in, you know, to ask a question because they sort of pick on you from the crowd. Right. I just yelled, I yelled, Tom, Tom. And he like <laughs> looked at me somehow and, and I just yelled, who is Croc? And he was like, and everyone was, you know, and there's this like Japanese TV station next to me. And they're like, who is this girl? And um, and he said that we would find out who Croc was if they won the Super Bowl. And then they lost the Super Bowl. Oh, because you gave them the flu. They lost. That's why. Right. It was it, I was uh, typhoid Charlotte. But and then the other one, I think last year, no, the Ram Super Bowl. I uh, I got to the front of Sean McVay's little. They look like dunk tanks the way they set them up. Um, but I got yeah. to the front of his and I said, Sean, Sean, he looked over and I said, uh, how old are you? And he was like, what? And then he realized <laughs> that I was being an asshole and he was like, I'm, I'm 33. That's and I great. was like, right. No one ever talks about that. So I just wanted to ask. That's what's funny about it, Charles, because there'll be like seven or 70 serious questions in a row. And then you hit him with a, how old are you? And Dave, you have great experience. You have a classic, uh, line that you throw at them. But I, I think eventually you win every year. So eventually, especially with the Patriots going back, they probably recognize you. But what's your tell everybody your line, your um, stumper? Yeah, I know. We could either do the two minute or the uh, or the four hour version <laughs> of my favorite um, media night memories. I do love it, as Charlotte says, because really half the people there are there like 
15 minutes of fame. I'm going to dress ridiculously. I'm going to get in a clown suit or some variation and Mm -hmm. see if I can do something zany. And then the other half are like serious minded journalists who who harumph at all those shenanigans because they want to have a soul searching interview. And it's like, hey, uh, there are 17 dozen other people wanting to ask a question to this guy. This is not the time for your hard hitting journey um, (laughs) bio conversation with, with this guy. So I always tried to find the middle of that and and act serious and look serious and ask stupid questions. I the one that I've done uh, for I think I did nine years in a row was uh, is this a must win game, and uh, <laughs> and, and their yeah, reactions really to good. it, their reactions are almost across the board hysterical. Head coach is Jim Harbaugh. Pete Carroll, anybody like serious? I feel like Jim Harbaugh is the perfect person to ask that question. Yeah. How- they like stare at you for a second, like. It's the Super it's the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a must-win <laughs> game. The only two people who ever knew I was jiving were Eric Decker, handsome devil, and another handsome devil named Tom Brady, who just a couple of years ago was in front of the Rams one. It's like, is this a must-win game? He's like, or what? And I'm like, I don't know, Tom. That's up to you, man. And then I and then my <laughs> other one of my other go-tos is to apologize to the quarterback if I expressed any doubt that he might get there that year. I say, yeah. like, I, you know, earlier in the year, as you know, I doubted you getting to the Super Bowl, yeah. and I wanted to say face-to-face, man-to-man. I apologize. <laughs> and Tom told me, he's like, that's okay, man. I love you. And uh, <laughs> and, and then I my heart soared to cloud nine. Joe Flacco took it completely seriously. He's like, it's all right about that. You know, and, like, he went into a serious answer about oh how I God. doubted him and stuff. <laughs> I, le- I talked to Jimmy G and Tom Brady and all their teammates a couple of times about who's more handsome between the two of them. Yeah. Oh, some asking Jim Harbaugh what a 49er is and stumping him on that for about six seconds, which felt like about six hours. Mm, nice. as he stared at me and I was like, what we we can move. We can move on to gold miner. And, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's right, coach. You got you got I was like, Woo! Otherwise, you would have murdered me here in front of all these people. Oh, it's, it's so funny. It's one of my now, favorite. Now that I things. think about it, and your 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 classic question uh, is this a must win? And I know you could tell it at another time. Uh, you have a, a run in with uh, Coach Knight, who was one of your heroes back in the day. You attended uh, University Indiana University, but if given the chance, even thinking about it now, uh, presented with Coach Knight before the game, would you ask him? Let's say we're talking. Late 80s, early, whatever. Coach Knight, you get to ask him before the championship game, is this a must win? Would you even bother? Or is it too terrifying even thinking about it now? That current Dave, yes, would ask that question. You would, to would, Coach would, Knight Would 21-year-old yeah. Dave do that, given that put back in that same spot when I interviewed no him? I yeah. would never do it. No, I was terrified of him. And that's what <laughs> his whole thing was predicated on, was intimidating people. But then you realize... Oh, that's what's funny about it. These guys are super self-serious hardos, right. and all you're talking to them about is sports. It's a lighten up, fella. I was if you know, Coach Knight yelled at me. I would laugh now. It would be great. There really is this fine line, and you, you you're either an athlete or a coach who at media night in in the NFL, you either play along or you don't. And it's very, it's really that simple. And if you're in, if you do it enough and, you know, I mean, especially with the Patriots who were in it every year, you knew what to expect from who at media night because they were just always there. And like Edelman would be fun. Gronk would be fun. Mm -hmm. Um, 
the McCordys were sometimes pretty fun. Um, and then, you know, Belichick just, you're like, if he smiled at media night, you were like, okay, that was a win. We did. It. I think we did a bit on that. Can we, can Guillermo get him the smile or something? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was, uh, something that I have one media day story and I'll go through a quick it's, one. It's in the book. This is maybe uh, the, this is maybe the <laughs> best of them all. It well, really is. It really is marvelous. I feel like this would happen a uh, hundred times today, but back when I did it, I don't know. I, I hadn't heard of it or, or seen it being done, but, uh, uh, it was when the Patriots were playing the Carolina Panthers, another lucky Super Bowl win. They win by a field goal, whatever. We'll talk about that another time. But anyway, um, we go down there. It's in Houston and we go down there and I have a media credential for Jimmy Kimmel Live, a media credential that I've now lost. I've been banned from media then. And I'll tell you exactly why. Uh, the plan was for me to go down and pretend I'm John Casey, the kicker for Carolina. So I can't be too many players. I'm even too small to be John Casey, but at 5'9", 190, that was going to be the closest I was going to get. So uh, we go down there, <clears throat> we get some bad information as to what uniform the players are going to be wearing at media day. And uh, instead of buying both jerseys, we buy the one, the road jersey when they were oh, wearing no. the home. We could have really cured it with uh, a $65 purchase, but we didn't. So I'm wearing the wrong John Casey jersey out there. And I, the jokes might not have been as good if I had been the writer assigned to that bit, Sal, but you know the uniforms would have been spotted, right? You should have exactly. really I needed them. to consult with the uniformman, for God's sakes, at least before I got on the plane. But anyway, so I change into the John Casey jersey as I'm uh, about to hit the field. And you know what it's like. There's a clock. There's a giant clock there. And you're, you're kind of like scrambling against the clock trying to figure out what booth to go to. But it's I kind of like- stressful, yeah. Yeah. I hung back and I was uh, John Casey. And immediately people, uh, most people knew I was joking. It's, uh, the American reporters. But Charlotte, as you uh, pointed out, there's a good contingent of uh, foreign press Mm -hmm. And they don't know. And if one of them says from the French, whatever it says, oh, boy, we have a player over there. They'll all flock at least for oh, a minute. Oh, it is uh, Jean Casey. Yeah, Jean Casey. And they're asking me and whatever they asked me, I just uh, ignored. And I was talking about how, um, you know, I bet a lot on the Patriots. So I'm a winner either way. Uh, as, uh, as John Casey, I'm saying this. Oh I'm talking God. about. Uh, my night at the strip club the night before and uh, like all signs of sorts of bad shit. I'm talking about with John Casey. And again, I'm, I'm fooling the foreign press and some of it's airing overseas and stuff as I'm saying it. Uh, I'm not fooling a lot of the locals. And then we see John Casey who doesn't have a booth, but he's being interviewed in the stands. So now we're shooting this whole thing for Kimmel. And we have a guy with a microphone in my face to, to legitimize the whole thing. So I follow John Casey into the stands and he's being interviewed. And I'm like, hey, uh, what are you doing? What do you think you're doing? And he like laughs it off. I'm like, I'm John Casey. Don't listen to this phony. So what do you have to ask me? I'm saying out to the reporters. And again, a couple of them go to me and a couple of them go to the real John oh Casey. And now John Casey, who has a very deep and loving relationship with Jesus Christ, is not having it when he hears my answers about like strip clubs and stuff like that. <gasps> and he gets furious, <laughs> furious with me and stops not only my interviews, but his interviews and has me escorted out. And I've not been given a, a credential <laughs> since. Oh my God. So that you know, you could make a case because John Casey did kick the ball out of bounds yes. in the waning seconds of regulation to put the Patriots in the field or close to field goal range. You may have provided. We'll never know, but the butterfly <laughs> effect 
of that week? Did, yeah. did you distract him in such a way that you threw off something that led to that final few minutes of right. the Super Bowl? I, I don't know. Well, I, I don't do know. know that you gave know. that one to the Patriots. But I, I don't I know say that you didn't. Thank book. you, Sal. Thank I, you for I say your as much. You're welcome, Charlotte. And here's the double-edged sword. Yes, I take credit for getting in Casey's head. He kicks the ball out of bounds and gives the Pats a good field position to go back and kick the winning field goal. Um, but joke's on me because I had money on the Panthers that game. So um, <laughs> there you go. Nothing ever really works out. Sal, oh, that's a, that's a uh, story old as time then because I sat next to Sal at the Super Bowl, their first uh, Lombardi, yeah. and uh, Sal had just lost a great deal on the Pittsburgh Steelers the week before oh, betting the yeah. Patriots come to town. So no, he was no. trying to make it all back on the Rams. And uh, as you know, they didn't make it back. And so, Sal, that was that was fun to sit next to really Sal. And then bad. you went and bet against the Patriots again. Shame the devil, Sal. I know. It was fun. I, I don't know. I you just think, oh, well, if we had done that podcast back then, we'd be like, is this team really going to win another Super Bowl? It's time for the I, I think that would be our narrative. But now, forget it. Tom, I, uh, Tom Brady is if, lore. Can I just say, because I'm vain, uh, yeah. two other ones that I loved was I, I, we, I did this when I was on the radio. We had um, the newswoman go to the Super Bowl and do this. And then I did it myself a few years later, but create fake quotes from the other team and then, mm -hmm. and then read them to the players. And like, can you, what do you, how do you respond it was, when the Eagles were there playing the Patriots um, mm -hmm. a few years ago? I remember specifically talking to Timmy Jernigan. Like, how do you respond to what Tom Brady said uh, about the the Eagles defense? He's like, I don't know what did he say. And I read him the quotes. Like, if we don't win this game by four touchdowns against this garbage defense, like you know the like this I whole thing. That. And Timmy Jernigan's face and respond like, Tom said that. Well, Tom can have his opinion, but I what I can't believe. And I'm like, <laughs> you feel bad. So like, stupid. They're gonna punch you out. And I'm like. He didn't say that, but if he did, <laughs> what would your response be if he did? Because right. that would be bad, right? Right. The best one I did, though, my favorite thing is uh, getting Wade Phillips as it started as a joke and then it turned into something sincere was Wade Phillips. I kept saying, dress like bum Phillips on the sideline, and Dad. then it turned into them getting to the Super Bowl, and then he actually wore his father's 10-gallon hat and lamb's wool jacket to media night or you know off the plane and everything else and it was uh it was well, really it was marvelous the point is american comedians dave damashek and charlotte wilder have just started <laughs> they're not they're not done by any oh no i'm all yet. done i'm all oh, done, you're done. no, no dave, one's ever charlotte called me american on. before <laughs> uh, maybe it's just a uh a pompous thing there for me to be like, why are they labeling us American comedians? Like, yeah, well, because Wikipedia no. stretches all, all, all amongst the earth, right? So I'm going to make you feel better about that because I don't have a Wikipedia page. I oh. have the the Wikipedia page for Charlotte Wilder is um, Thornton Wilder's sister. She was a writer. She was a poet. And um, the last line of it is just seared into my brain. It says... Um, <laughs> Charlotte Wilder suffered a nervous breakdown in 1940, the repercussions of which lasted until her death. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, Perfect. maybe this is me. Maybe this is my way. You're a ghost. Joel, yes. will you find, Joel or Jim, will you find out what it takes to get a Wikipedia? How does it start? Because I certainly didn't start mine. And uh, Charlotte has enough uh, uh, gravitas to have a Wikipedia. Page. I don't know about Who that. Who does I, make a decision to open that thing? That's what that's I'm thinking. What, but I, I think, don't know how do how would I then bump that Charlotte? I mean, I guess you have just do it differentiated. Yeah. No, it would just be. But what would be? That's the that's the big question for you. 
because they put it in parentheses. If there's like a, if there are two Tom Brady's as a, for right. instance, right. they yeah, put yeah. like football player. Or an American football Mine player be in parentheses. parentheses idiot. <laughs> I don't, how American think idiot. about this? How pissed would you be if you're Charlotte Wilder, the poet, the sister of this famous playwright, and then, yeah. you know, 80 years later, this dipshit comes along who like makes <laughs> jokes about sports and bumps you for the Google search. I would hey. be, I want to apologize to the, the first Charlotte Wilder because that is just, that's very insulting. That's how, as Baby Doll Dixon would say, that's Hollywood, Baby Doll. That's just how it <laughs> happens. Uh, you know what? Jim Cunningham is going to Photoshop a Wikipedia page uh, for you. Oh, you may, God. You, you oh, may come God. out looking a little like Oprah, but, you know, we'll, you, you, you can't, beggars right. can't be choosers right. at this it's point. It's true. Thanks. Let's actually talk Super Bowl here. Um, again, we're uh, 11 days out, but the line is not moving. They're smart here. Fandle has it at three. Chiefs favored 56 and a half. The over-under, they know as soon as they move that to two and a half, big, big money comes on the Chiefs. Move it to three and a half, oh my God, the Tampa floodgates open. So they're keeping it at three. Um, it's a fairly even uh, distribution of money so far. But again, the big money comes in probably about a week from now and then hours leading up to the game. But we do have a couple of props. The Super Bowl MVP odds. Um, Patrick Mahomes minus 105. Tom Brady plus 220. Tyree Kill 14 to 1, Kelsey 15 to 1, Fournette 26 to 1, Antonio Brown 55 to 1, and there are a whole bunch of log shots. Um, now it's probably going to be the quarterback, right? If you play this game nine out of 10 times, eight out of 10 times, it seems like regardless of the winner, they're going to give it to the quarterback. They've had a little more flexibility with this in the last few years. Four out of seven times it's been the quarterback. So you had Von Miller in 50. You had Edelman um, in 53. And Malcolm, Malcolm Smith Malcolm in 48. Smith. Right. So that was every other year. But then you go, you kind of go before Chuck that. Chuck Howley in five, Harvey Martin and uh, Randy White in 12. Oh, yeah, yeah. You go back then. Yeah. But Jake Scott, number 13 for the Miami Dolphins. Can you imagine that there's a Miami Dolphins player wearing number 13 who's a Super Bowl MVP and it's wow. not Dan Marino? No, it's I, Jake Scott. I hadn't thought of that. Two interceptions that game. Yeah, it's uh, it's Larry weird. Brown. I have a hard time thinking that it would be anyone besides Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady in this one. So let's figure that out. So I'm going to ask you guys, if it's not Mahomes or Brady, I guess the odds will tell us it's Kelsey or, or Hill. But, well, first of all, which quarterback has less of a chance of winning, more of a chance of winning if their team wins? I, I got to think Tom Brady wins it almost no matter what. Almost no matter so what. Too. I think I so really too. think even if he had his, his NFC championship game stats, it'd be hard pressed to not give it to him. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Charlotte, you agree? Dave? I would put my money on it with these odds at plus 220. I would put money on Brady on this one. I think the Bucs are going to win. Um, and I think that Tom Brady is going to be the MVP. And those odds seem pretty good if you get in now right. on it. So if you break that down, if you like the Bucks to win, you're only going to get paid plus 152. If you're positive it's going to be Tom Brady, little wiggle room, but you're getting plus 220. That's right. a nice gap. That's a nice gap if you could just go there and root for Tampa. And really, if they're going to win, he has to have a good game. But Dave, you could see um, you could see a little more wiggle room there. Well, as Dexter Jackson, the last time the right. Buccaneers and their red jerseys went out there and mm -hmm. uh, and played a Super Bowl, we saw how that worked out. Um, he was another one. Um, the Brady I mean, has yeah. four. Does he have four? He's going for five MVPs. I got to look at this. 
Am I crazy? Uh, what does he have? Well, Dion Branch got it the one year. He got it the he was the he MVP. Has four. Yeah. He has in four. their first he, one, right? He, he, he had 145 yards passing in that first one against the Rams. And uh, against one Carolina, MVP. he got it. 354 and three touchdowns. That uh more than worth it there. 37 to 53, 28, four touchdowns. Was Branch that the, gets um, it against the in the first Eagles game? Right. So, so, but he got it. He had to get it in the Atlanta game. He, he crushed it that game. That was 43 to 62. Well, he did. But really, no, that was Edelman. Oh, no, 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 Ed- no, no Edelman no, got it against the Rams, right? That's right. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. I yes, get confused right. Edelman of that gets catch. The, right, right. But that it really should have been James White. And if not in that one, the one prior to that, it should have been Shane Vereen who got the MVP. Shane it Vereen. Was, there's a name I haven't thought about in a mm. while. Oh, the Vereen brothers are delightful. Brock is one of the funniest follows on social media. I encourage you, Nate, demand See, that you do it. You give it to Edelman when the game's like 13-10 or something. It, it, it's tough to give it to the quarterback, right? That was that, that, was that miserable Rams. There um, are a lot of, I mean, they're, they're, to your bo- both of your points, obviously when it's kind of close, people do the lazy thing and give it to the QB. And of course, mm-hmm. when you look back, it's crazy that like Peyton Manning was the was the MVP of the Super Bowl. Um you know, when Dominic Rhodes clearly should have been right. Um, there, there's some of those. So you're right to bet on one of the QBs, which side you think is going to win. But for fun's sake, who want, you know, plus 220, eh, have fun, live it up. Go with, here's like a crazy one for you. How about Levante David? Because if you kind of consider the way this one's going to go, the Chiefs don't have an offensive line, right? So mm-hmm. you so you assume that Patrick Mahomes doesn't have the extra point three point four to throw the deep ball to Tyreek Hill, which means he's going to try to go underneath to Kelsey as they did against the Bills. The problem is is that the Bucks have linebackers that can run, and so maybe a Devin White or maybe Levante David makes sense because right. the odds are high on those guys, and it's not crazy to think they might have a couple of picks there, like so Rod Martin did. Had yeah. three in Super Bowl fifteen. You never know those linebackers. They all of a sudden that you you have some career number of interceptions in a game. You wind up in the Super Bowl MVP. It, it really depends what kind of personality you have, right? So this is the last game of the year, and let's liken it to um, roulette. And you got a whole bunch of chips, and you got one more roll, right? Are you the kind of person you're going to put it all on black or red, or do you want to spread it out and have fun, like Dave is suggesting? Devin White brings you back a hundred to one odds. Levante David. 100 to 1 odds. You might as spread it out. Why? What do you care if you lose a, a 5 bucks on a Levante David or or a Devin White or JPP at 100 to 1? If the defense steps up, if Mahomes has three interceptions, then you kind of have to look to, towards Here's a defensive player. Here's one for player. you. Here's one yeah. for you because this has happened on more than one occasion. Mm-hmm. Ray Lewis, another guy, MVP of a another Super Bowl. Guy. He sure is. It's true. All these guys. Every year it's All a these guy. guys. I don't know why I, I don't I, I don't know why I did that. I don't know why I made it. For some reason, there's a funny thing that happens in voodoo when a guy is is villainous. Yeah, well, when there's something about like this guy is getting attention for not good reasons like Ray Lewis, oh, it seems like yeah. they play large in the big game. They get to the big game and then they play large. And maybe this is the Pittsburgh Steelers fan in me coming out, but Antonio Brown is interesting. Doesn't play. And here's the thing with Tom Brady, like we talk about oh. Shane Vereen or Julian Edelman or, or otherwise, he, he his wizardry is about identifying who's Waldo on the other team. Who's the guy we can keep going at and there's nothing that they can do to stop no, where, that. It's that, where's Waldo? Who's Waldo is a whole different game. You're right. The whole yeah. the 
if Antonio Brown has the right matchup, Tom Brady will keep going at it over and over and over again. And there I are some susceptible think- guys. I, I could see Antonio Brown catching two or three touchdowns. I, can't I could think I can of envision worse, that. though than the Bucks winning the Super Bowl and Antonio Brown being the MVP. That's going to be a miserable Monday podcast for I uh, cannot for think us, of anything worse. For you guys. I mean, it'll be fun for me. Dave will oh. be upset. Charles will be upset because uh, Brady had won it. But wow, 55 to 1 odds. Yeah, I, I think the, it's worth sprinkling money. I, I think the the not the surer bet, but value-wise as it relates to a, a player who will more likely win, Brady at plus 220 is better than, as we pointed out with Charlotte, the Bucks at plus one fifty two, so I like that. But yeah, Dave, uh, you want to spread it out? There are some nice options now. Do you get caught with the Tyree Kills and the Travis Kelseys? These guys could have twelve receptions, but then Mahomes' numbers will be great too. They could have twelve each without the way uh, they play. Yeah, but I don't see a I don't see a receiver getting it over Mahomes if that's yeah. It's tough. Oh, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Reads like the Cheesecake Factory menu. Going to spend a lot of time uh, looking at it. Here's something interesting. Is Bruce Arians all of a sudden a master manipulator? What what is he? He now says, before the playoffs, he says home field means nothing. And I get it. You know, you want to get your players. You're you're going to Washington. You're going to New Orleans. And then you're going to Green Bay. You're not going to say, oh, the other team has such an advantage. You want to pump your players up. That Kangol hat isn't on too tight. He knows what he's doing. But now that they're in the Super Bowl, all the advantage in the world, he says. What, what do you guys think is being playing in Tampa, first time ever, we've heard a million times, that a team gets to play at home, albeit in front of 20,000 fans this time. Is it a big advantage or is it not? Yeah, I think it's huge just because of the travel. I mm-hmm. mean, and, you know, it, especially at this point where the Chiefs aren't going down to what, Friday, Saturday, Friday? Right. So that that's the one wrinkle. The, the the one team, the visiting team, as it is now, doesn't get there till Friday, two days before the game. And I feel like on some level, I mean, they'll put the Bucks in a hotel anyway, I would assume, um, unless they won't because it's COVID. Like, I do think that um, not having that disrupted um, of having to go somewhere, but I could... Yeah, I mean, yes, I think it's a big advantage. And this I feel like they'll have more people there than they've had, won't they? Aren't they expanding it for crowd size? So I thought it was going to be 22,000 or something. I don't know. I can't even keep up. And I don't even know how many the 15 wasn't it like 7,000 are going to That's like what, uh, yeah. healthcare workers. Yeah, um, we've already yeah, been Yeah, 7,500 something like that, right. Yeah, what a waste that is. No, I'm kidding. No, they deserve it. <laughs> They deserve it. They, it should all be healthcare workers. Who, who cares anymore? It should fill, fill it with the uh, essential employees. Well, it is. It, it, you know what? Lines. I'm glad. Yeah. Here, here's a hot take. Uh, but I will say that the healthcare workers deserve it and a nice trip and uh, beyond right. all that from the rest of society for what they've done. But it does address the thing that stinks about the Super Bowl versus title games. And I say it all the time. Pro tip. Go to the title game of your favorite team, not the Super Bowl. Because that's more special, even if it's on the road, even if your team is playing on the road in the title game, that's special. Then you're a band of rebels against, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. 80,000 other people. The Super Bowl has people there that don't have a rooting interest. So it has a weird vibe to it. And Chris Long has already addressed this important issue. And I'd like to uh, jump on board with this, too. The pirate ship. They have that cannon that shoots off and it's downright scary every time it goes off. Do they only fire it for the Bucks? Because that's not fair. And do they fire it <laughs> when the Chiefs score 
Because that's very confusing, and I don't know who that favors ultimately. If the if the Buccaneers players who are used to hearing that cannon are oh. hearing it because Travis Kelsey just scored a touchdown, does that create a sense of confusion for them? I you bet know? they don't use it at all, right? Yeah. I, I would think they don't use it. I don't know. That seems a shame. Yeah. <laughs> it's I know, there. but it shows too much favor to them. Maybe the NRA I, gets involved or something. The most important using, thing yeah. is that the sky's open. Let's let's get rain and muck and mire. That's what we need for this Super Bowl to jazz it up a little bit. That Arians be fun. to address his. Um, if you want to just go by Brady's stats this year, if it matters to have the home field advantage at home, five and three, two hundred sixty-five yards passing average, nineteen touchdowns, ten interceptions away, nine and two. Now they've played a good deal more away games, three hundred seven yards passing per game, twenty-eight touchdowns, five interceptions. I don't think it matters to Tom Brady where they're playing. I'm sure, like if. I'd be singing a different tune if he was going at Arrowhead, but just a, another, uh, basically a, a neutral field. I don't mm-hmm. think it really matters. But Arians playing the games there. Going I think back it does. Arians has you know been what? a little bit off his rocker this season. Like he's yeah. been, he's been all over the place. At first, he says that like he blames, he throws Tom Brady under the bus, and right. then he says he lets Tom Brady coach, and then he says that it does matter, and then it doesn't matter. And I just, I'm. It's almost nice because you don't believe anything he says now. Yeah. You're just like, okay, whatever, man. He sort of covered himself by playing the press conferences the way he has. Is that he's like, well, I said all of it, so I'm either always wrong or always right. Mm-hmm. Sounds familiar in American politics. I don't know what it's, we can compare it, does. it to. Yeah. Yeah. Also like me on this podcast. (laughs) Well, I mean, anecdotally and several generations ago at this point, but the Rams had what essentially was a home game against the Steelers in 14. The Mm. Steelers were infinitely better than the Rams. And yet the Rams almost won that one. Next, Super Bowl 19 was more or less a home game for the Niners. They played in Stanford, which is obviously pretty close to San Francisco. So that amount, and they smoked the Dolphins who were their equal or close to their equal. So if you want to try and take anything from those two, the home teams probably perform better than expected going into it. So that should be a well, cause I for optimism say this. for the Buccaneers, so, right? Well, I went to the 95 Super Bowl as a spectator. Uh, well, how, how else would I be there? I'm not playing, but the <laughs> kicker. Uh, but anyway, the kicker. St- yeah, I was a fake kicker. As a long snapper. As American kicker, John Casey. Uh, <laughs> Steelers were playing the Cowboys. The Steelers fans traditionally travel well. They really do. And I think you had it, Dave, 65-35 Steelers fans to Cowboys fans. I'm not going to get on Cowboys fans because I, I kind of think they ran out of money. I really do. I mean, they, they had just right. uh, they had been to a lot of Super Bowls and they let this one go. This was in Tempe, but you had the crowd there. But um, in recent years, I mean, that was 25 years ago. Now it's like... It's so corporate. It is. And I don't want to sound like a douchebag, but I've sat in these luxury boxes. I did in the uh, Ravens 49ers game and uh, in, in New Orleans. And it's like they assist the CEO of Twitter and then this guy for this and that. And they're barely watching the game and it just sucks. And for that game in particular, you remember what the uh, the the fun part of that was? There was a blackout. And oh, now yeah. all these bazillionaires and everybody else are scrambling for a, a phone charger that wasn't going to work anyway because there's a blackout and we were all one in the same. It was walking dead. 
Everybody in the stadium was uh, a third-class citizen at that point. And it really was scary for a good uh, eight or nine minutes, not knowing if you're going to get out, scary, what the hell is this. Scary. Well, I don't know. Get back <laughs> yeah. then, terrorist attacks were uh, pretty- I um, know. I remember. <laughs> I was there. I, it was, But yeah, no, I, it was, to me, by the I, way- I wasn't that, terrified, but I didn't know what my next move was. It was that, lens, that lens uh, to the- that, moment that i mean it lasted for what 25 30 minutes or something yeah i don't remember how long it went on but um that is our most underrated super bowl that game is a gem that mm -hmm. is that is such a good one and it has that weird wrinkle here's a fun thing um the player the ravens during the blackout they got um oranges and sandwiches that's that, nice the niners was it a did. youth soccer game? The Niners <laughs> did not. Did that, really? Did that impact the result? Again, I don't know, but I think it's I think it's weird. I Why, think Charlotte's you know, right. The Ravens' parents uh, thought ahead and better parents to put on Baltimore Ziploc parents bags. love their kids more. Clearly, what it comes <laughs> they to. really did. One Super Bowl Thirty is the is one of the all time stinkers too. That's a tear. Ugh, that's a painful with the one. with the Ravens Forty uh, ers though. I was doing a bit. Uh, where I would, after the game, go outside and hug the fans of the losing team. <laughs> That's right. And, uh, and, it, and they, the game was so damn good, I had to leave with three minutes left. And I was legitimately asking our crew, who the hell won the game? Who am I hugging here? I didn't see the ending. Is it Kaepernick? Is it like, so um, I started hugging everyone as they were coming out. And then word got out that uh, it was, in fact, it, it was... Uh, who the hell won that? Uh, the Ravens won, right? Yeah, Ravens yeah. won that Super Bowl. Yeah. That's so, so I was hugging, I was hug hugging 49ers fans. So that was that. But um, all right, so Bruce Arians is at it. Dave, you're uh, coaching carousel. Well, first of all, Aaron Rodgers said he'll be back. And I I, I thought it was an overreaction by the fans anyway. Like, I, I get it. His coach blew it. His coaches blew it. He was mad at them. But how mad could it be? Like, you know, Charlotte, are you going to divorce your husband if he forgets a Valentine's Day gift? Like you're Absolutely. mad for a minute. You are. Oh, well, I'm okay. also not married, but. Oh, man. All right. I didn't. Uh, Dave, are you going to divorce your <laughs> See, husband? That's why she needs a Wikipedia page. So we can be <laughs> yes, up to speed on a Wikipedia page. Let's get you married. But no, the point is, <laughs> the point is the MV. First of all, they're not going to let the MVP go for uh, peanuts. Secondly, I don't think he wants to. He's got a great thing peanuts. with Green Bay. <laughs> Right. Sorry. Maybe peanuts. What is it? Um, <laughs> I never. Yeah, I never thought he was going to leave. I mean, it, I feel like at this point, it's yeah. How much time does he? Well, I mean, you say that, but then there's Tom Brady, so maybe never mind. But um, no, I I feel like on some level, if you're that competitive to be that good for that long, don't you kind of want to clear your name or get revenge or you know, as much so. as as much as Rogers is heartbroken now and the whole team's press conference. I mean, the whole team seems to be a bit of a mess mentally. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I would think that once that passes, you come back and you're like, okay, now we're going to do it. And they right. still have the pieces in place to be clearly they got, you know, it's two 13 and three seasons. I don't know statistically if you can do that again, but well, so I, that's the flip side, right? Like you know, the other side is men mentally thinking, oh my God, we had the best team this year in the NFC. We ran yeah. it all the way to the championship game and the coach took the ball out of my hands. How does it get better? How do I get uh, to a better situation than that for this team? Uh, right. But I don't think going to the Niners is the answer. So I, well, I, I think he's. I mean, I think I think it has to do with kind of the other side of the the coin that Charlotte hits at. Like, is this team in good position to make a run in twenty twenty one? 
I think the other side of that is Aaron Rodgers um, did not enjoy, I think you might have heard, he didn't enjoy having to learn a whole new offense, and despite the fact that it's pretty clear that he wanted to part ways with McCarthy, then they they do, and now mm -hmm. he wasn't exactly comfortable a year ago learning the new offense. He obviously went 13-3, and three, so it wasn't that bad. Does he want to do that again now with Kyle Shanahan? Right, right. I think that's what gets in the, the way of doing that. By the way, very quickly, before we spin the carousel, um, I do have to say, I went back and watched some of uh, the title game, and I'll tell you the play that nobody's talking about because they're, you know, it's one of those games that has 17 plays that feel mm -hmm. like they could have swung stuff. If Alan Lazard catches that two point conversion when they make yeah. it 28 23, totally. if he catches that and makes it 28 25, Flat out the rest drop. of that game rolls pretty differently. I disagree publicly here and now with Jeff Schwartz, who has taken to arguing with people. I don't know why it's an important thing for him to make. <laughs> It's like, Eric, can we please stop? I hate the royal we. Like, can you don't we sound please... like him. Yeah, you don't no, really sound we, like him. Can we please stop Better. with the? Can we please stop with saying that Aaron Rodgers would have scored if he would have run on third down? Maybe he would have gotten it down close. Like, he would have scored. Look at let. Don't look well, at. Don't give me stills. Give me the actual replay and the the momentum of these. I saw his tweet there. And he was wrong. I think he's wrong about it. Why that. can't we split the difference? It's not a hundred percent that he would have scored. A lot of it would okay. have had a uh, that would have had to do with the pump fake, right? How, how right. many of those two defenders that were blanking the one receiver on the right side of the end zone would have uh fell for it. But secondly, I think if he does get five yards, they go for it, right? And if they do catch the two-point conversion, ironically, so aggressive going for a two-point conversion and then not on the other side, they kick the field goal. Um, but if he does catch the two-point conversion, I think they do go for it. Right? Well, then they would have had, yeah, then they yeah. do, that's my point. They right. do go for it there. Right. And he does uh, gain at least five yards there, even if he doesn't score. But he probably that's thing, just, it and to my is, point. You have yeah. to either kick all the time or never kick. You cannot do, you cannot play it I either like way. It. You know, Dave, your Steelers for a while were a team that would score for in the first quarter and get six and then go for two. And it, it looked like that was going to be their way, you know, four or five years ago. You saw they'd be up eight, nothing a lot. You know, um, it is the limitation, you know, uh, as opposed to everybody else who's got uh, who's who's made um, absolute decisions on Roethlisberger. You know, people. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is the subject in Pittsburgh. You'll be surprised to know. No. And by the way, as a side note. Listen to the Packers fans. Listen to the Bills fans. As they always say, everybody's unhappy. Nobody is happy except for the Browns fans who have low expectations and they're victims of that. If you, if the, if the prize you fancy every year is a Lombardi, then mm. everybody's sad right now. It's not any no, different. No, it's true. Right? Well, but so anyway, what is different is we didn't have many instances where uh, a, a ballsy coach went for it and came up short, and that's why the fans are mad. In fact, the only example I can remember of that, and it certainly wasn't a playoff game, was on Thanksgiving when Mike McCarthy fake punted on fourth and twelve from his own twenty. It really is the result. How how did yeah. the play did the play work or not? That's what determines oh, yeah. how fans react to it. But yes, they, they I think they go for it there. Aaron Rodgers moving unlikely, nevertheless. Damashek is treated as a buffoon for saying, oh, there are going to be double-digit QBs moving or starting in new places in 2021. Oh, ridiculous. A Adam Schefter says it. Oh, it's gospel. He said 18. Take it, take 18. it to the bank. 
Eight first of all, I don't, I don't count the draft. Won't go you, can't count the draft. you can't count the draft. You can't count the draft picks as part of the sure carousel, you can. right? Sure, well, if, they start, carousel. if they start, a carousel the season. means that they've been on and they're going. Well, it means off that you're moving, jumping on, on right? another horse. Oh my but God. I, if a I guy, what? The Lions are a part of the carousel. Charlotte, what's a carousel? Because they have to have a new QB, so they're on the carousel. That's it. They're taking one guy off and putting a new guy on. They're adding They're adding horses at that point. A carousel is just jumping from that counts. All right. Now, Matt but Stafford. I think we'll Rodgers is off Watson. your carousel, but Jared okay. Goff may be on because the, uh, the well, GM clearly now is. Who is wants like, him is the. Right. That's the thing. That's the thing. There's a lot of who wants him. There's Sam Darnold who wants him. There's Jared Goff who wants him. Obviously, the Colts have to have, be part of this carousel. They're going to get somebody. And everybody Darnold loves to the Colts. Darnold. That would not be Stafford. so funny. Darnold I think they're, they're in there. I think they perceive themselves to be in the window. Um, and I don't know, you throw Sam Darnold in there confidently and say, yes, he will. Maybe he does too. I mean, I, I he is he is the guy who you really do have to kind of really, it, it's almost Lamar Jackson, will that offense work kind of question. Will Chip Kelly work eight years ago? Will Tom Brady succeed in Tampa? This might be our offseason question of the year. Is Sam Darnold going to emerge on the level that he was expected to when he was drafted? Like, was that a I bad like, spot up there? And I think yeah. we all need to get in on it now. You have to say so that your feet can be held to the fire okay, let's do in it a now. year or in five years from now. Will Sam Darnold be a good, and I mean, not a passenger, not a middle-class guy. Will he mm -hmm. be a top eight or 10 QB that is making plays, that wins games, that can take you all the way? Charlotte, you go, go first. Go what do you I'll think? I'll go, go ahead. No. No. I think he I think he always has and always will throw too many interceptions. Yeah. And I think that he also I do not see him being the kind of guy who all of a sudden and I feel mean saying this, I don't mean it, but he he seems um like he I mean, he got mono. He seems a little, I don't know how unfratty he'll become, how quickly. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that that plays a role in, uh, you know, I mean. Roger Stahlback never got mono. Is mono like Corona? Can you get mono again? You could, you could get it every year, right? Yeah, I, yeah. No, I don't know, actually. If you No, you can't get it again because everyone would be like, oh, I had it in high school. I can't get it in college. Like, I'll share drinks. And you're well, like, here, oh here's the thing. He obviously went high in the draft, so expectations are high. But he also is a quarterback who had 22 interceptions for USC. Like 13 yeah, exactly. And, and have you seen that change years. with the Jets? Because I know they're the Jets, and I know it's not fair. But, like, he's also had his... He's done his part to ensure nice that to, the interceptions continue. Right, to be able to blame Adam Gase. Uh, he was seven and six, not this past year, the year before. There are signs of hope. If I listen to my boy Romo's, like, oh no, I love his mechanics. He's got something. Just got to pair him with the right guy. But I'm on Charlotte's side. I don't think he makes. What's the question here now? Like, if he goes to the Colts or a team like that, will he? I mean, are you going to? Are, are we going to be talking around Labor Day 2021? Like, right. Beware the Colts because Sam Darnold's their guy now. And look out because here comes a title game trip or maybe a Super Bowl or like, ooh, they overreached on Darnold and uh -huh. they're 
a wild card team kind of thing because they're they can't completely fall off a cliff. It I don't think I'll be saying Colts. that. I do not. I would like to be wrong. I would. I really would. I would love it if Darnold emerged as a fun. fantastic quarterback. It would be I, super fun. I just don't see it happening. I need Charlotte. We need Charlotte because I have no idea what happens at the stock market. Um, mm. So hopefully she can explain this. But I do understand this very basic fact that you buy low and sell high. Right. I got that right. The sure. uh, yeah. Sam Darnold is a stock you want to buy, much like Ryan Tannehill. All right. The Adam Gase thing is real. And yep. if Sam Darnold, let me just say, if they if 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 Matt Stafford is not an option for the Pittsburgh Steelers, if he's going to wind up in Indianapolis or San Francisco and Deshaun Watson's going to wind up in one of those markets or with the Jets, I think he's going to wind up with the Jets, by the way, Deshaun Watson. And then that means that Sam Darnold is is going to move almost by definition. So you're saying yes. I say if, if you can get it, I, just, I don't want to say this too loud, but Kevin Colbert, GM of the Pittsburgh Steelers, if you uh, can get him for a third and some change, uh, you, do it. you do it. Wow. wow. That's the perfect move okay. for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's it's the it. perfect move for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And yes, he's always going to throw interceptions. No, that is not the end all be all. For QBs, you have. I to didn't even think about him in your offense. I don't know how sure, that would work. Sure, I don't know if sure. Tomlin has. What's well, going to be a new offense? Anyway. It, it new would offense. have to be. It would have to be. Charlotte, Dave mentioned that you uh, explaining the stock market to us. I have no idea what this means with the GameStop oh, yes. stock. Yes. Do you know what I, is this? Someone so, on Reddit caused uh, uh, the market to turn yes. upside down. Ahead, in advance us. of um, the podcast, when you send out the things we're going to talk about, I researched right. this so that I would be able to explain it to you. Is it worth explaining even? I'm yes, sorry if I made actually, you. Actually, I found it very interesting. So okay. GameStop, which mm -hmm. it, and because it has to do with your Mets sell. Oh, are you right. ready? I'm all ears. So yeah. GameStop um, is a, obviously a business much like um, Blockbuster that does not really have the same um it doesn't play the same role it once did. You don't have to walk into a video game store to buy video games. Um, right. And so for the past few years, at the start of 20, either the start of 2020 or 2021, I can't remember if it was this recent or if it was last year, GameStop was one of the most shorted stocks on the market. And I did mm -hmm. research to figure out what shorting means because I've heard it my whole life, didn't actually know. You borrow stocks. At a certain price, say you borrow them at ten dollars a share. Short bread is really good. Oh my! Have you ever had it? It's really good. It's a little Dave, understated, please. This but is it's hard nice. enough. This is you sent you you borrow stocks for for say you borrow GameStop GameStop stocks for ten dollars, mm -hmm. and then and you borrow those from a specific entity that lends out stocks. You sell those for ten dollars, assuming that the price is going to keep going down. So say mm -hmm. the price keeps going down to four dollars. You you give the stock you you sell the stock back. Sorry, you buy the stock back from the borrower, so you return it, and you've made six dollars right. because of the difference between where you got it and where you sold it. So that's shorting, right? GameStop was the most shorted stock. A hundred and thirty-four percent of GameStop stock was shorted, um, which I don't even know how that's possible, but it was. And people on Reddit were like, hey, and it's this hedge fund, this one hedge fund um, where one of Steve Cohen's disciples was the main company doing the shorting. So a bunch oh. of people on Reddit got together oh, no. and they were like, hey, let's drive up the price and squeeze this guy so that you have to 
to stop being shorted, you have to buy the stock back and then you're just hemorrhaging money basically to right. try to stop the bleeding. Um, and so on Reddit, they got millions of people to buy GameStop stock, which rises the price. So then the person doing the shorting needs to buy it so that they try to hedge their bet. Got it. And that drives it up further. So now GameStop stock is just like skyrocketing and it's a battle between these in, these they call them um, retail traders and the hedge fund to who's going to give up first. And so Steve wow. Cohen put 12. I think. He might he put a bunch of money, I don't remember how much money he put a bunch of money in to help the hedge fund because it's one of his guys who's about to get liquidated if this keeps going up. Like, this is going to ruin that hedge fund. Steve Cohen stepped in to try to fix it. Within a day, the money that he had given them was already gone because the Redditors kept pushing it up because Elon Musk tweeted about it. Wow. So basically, the the world financial market is could be, has been proven, dictated by a prank. Seems like a great system to me. Yes, you can, you can... A bunch of if a bunch of people on Reddit get together, they can completely screw up the markets. And this makes me think, and maybe this is a, 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 a this is a, at a left field, but why not give everyone two thousand dollars in stimulus checks? If, if, if totally, if, if money really doesn't matter and hinges on a, a group of Reddit um, users manipulating the market. Yeah, exactly. But well, there, that- I did, I did like that there was a sports tie-in. I saw a thread on Twitter that was like, "Hey, actually, this affects Steve." I Cohen. like it too. Until the Mets are eliminated or relegated from the league, I know they have to go down, because they have of GameStop. To leave because of GameStop, uh, if, now, still if, obsolete, doesn't change the fact that people still don't go to GameStop. None of this, right? Like, you, no, you, you no, download no, no. your GameStop, games on your the company unit. itself has not changed at this all. This is unbelievable. Yeah. This is well, great job by you there, Charlotte. That's I have you. no That's- goddamn idea. I, it, that was a legitimate. <laughs> I, I, I'm making fun of myself. And I, although I did, it did cross my mind. I wish the other Charlotte Wilder was here to read one of her poems over that. <laughs> um, I deja vu and not good, not bad. It just is what it is. That is exactly my experience in all levels of school. I just like at some point, like I don't. I lost the thread of what you were talking about about a third of the way through. And then by the end of it, I have no goddamn Why? idea. Why? No, just that said. was easy. Because I don't. I don't. That was I, easy. I just, no, I, I get brain, it. You should have taken notes. If you'd goes, written it down, you would have remembered. I never could do that. My brain in school, like from seventh grade on, just like it went somewhere else. And then it would return to what mm. was happening in the room and be like, well, too late to follow what's going on in this plot line. And then I would return to whatever fantasy world I was in. And right. now that's why I have the no point idea is, what I the think, Charlotte, market. what the hell happened? I don't get it. I think you yeah. would say buying stock and gain stop makes as much sense as buying stock in Sam Darnold at this point. Right. I, I, I don't know. If, no. I don't know if I can stock, do anything. Buying about. stock in Sam Darnold makes more sense than buying stock in GameStop, except <laughs> that a bunch of people on Reddit can't make him not throw interceptions. <laughs> Uh, that's true. I don't know. Don't underestimate Reddit. Who knows what that's true. Be. Sorry. Now I've said <laughs> well, it. Well, happen. the good news is I've decided Charlotte has to do my taxes. So, <laughs> yeah. do, oh my God. Got a no, better I, handle I, on I that than I say, do. I do have to say that that for me was a huge growth experience that last night I could research this and understand it and explain it back to you because math was never I would I had a mental block so I would sort of zone out the same way you're describing Dave and I think that um, you know, 
I think I'm maybe making progress with being able to understand math. <laughs> and at 31, that's too late. But like, it's never too late to, to become to, to learn. By the well, way, you I was know, completely <laughs> kidding when I asked you to uh, research that. I was just like, I don't know, maybe Charlotte. What I need to do if you would come back. If you would come well, back I with, uh, I don't know what it means. That been I'm fine. glad you did because I now and I had I found the Mets tie-in. Thank you, thank you for mm. that. Uh, mm-hmm. Hey, let's celebrate the 55th edition of the big game with exclusive 55 to one odds on FanDuel Sportsbook. If you've never tried FanDuel before, new users can bet on either team and get 55 to one odds when Kansas City plays Tampa Bay. That's right. You bet five bucks, you win 275. You pick the winner of the game February 7th. Uh, I, I don't know. Explain this to me, please. How FanDuel can afford to pay somebody fifty-five to one odds on basically a coin flip of a game? Sean, I can can't you explain look that. into that. You can't. I couldn't. There's it's no impossible. explanation. It's just very generous. And now, are the Mets in this game? No, I don't think it's 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 a, it's a different thing altogether. No, um, Sal. Oh, come on, man. Range of betting options include player props, futures. Oh, the Super Bowl MVP. We went af- uh, over it. We're going to go over more as the weeks uh, roll on. Find whatever bet you're looking for as FanDuel has heaps of options. Live betting, you know, just because you bet before the game doesn't mean you're stuck to it. You bet a different team in the second quarter. Bet the over-under. Whatever you want. Odds boost, specials every day. Bigger super boost each weekend. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and use promo code extra points to get started. That's FanDuel Sportsbook, promo code extra points. We've gone long today, but we have to discuss, Dave. I know you want to discuss these baseball Hall of Fame announcements. Um, The announcement is that there's no announcement, basically. No one received the requisite 75% of the votes first time since 2013. No one has been elected. Kurt Schilling, he's the most noteworthy here, uh, one of Charlotte's favorites, at least at one time. He had 71%. He needs 16 more votes next year in his last year on the ballot. And he's come out and said, and I don't think he's going to get it because of his political views. He came and, out? I, yes, now he's out. That, yes. that seems crazy. He's I would out. not have expected that. He's him. out. But he said, no, he came out and said, take me off the ballot next year. I'll let the Veterans Committee decide um, enough. I don't even want to. I, I don't know I that mean, the veterans are going to back him up. Uh, either if way. If you the, believe, if you put any weight in the sort of good person clause that they have in there as a part of the requ- requirements for, for getting in, you can't have someone who who supported an insurrection at the Capitol on Twitter and has been so racist and awful publicly for so long at this point that like, I, I don't know. I mean, and I know that they, if, if none of that, if none of that were part of the whole discussion at all, Mm. it'd be like, okay, well, I guess we just got to vote on his stats, but like you don't. So I, I was, I was kind of surprised he even got 71% on. Yeah, I know. I think it's because the pickings were slim or whatever, you know, it's just, uh, they, you have these off years, but the funny thing is now there's talk about, I just put him bonds and Clemens in and Roger Clemens is the sweetheart of the group now. Like he really could. He's the, uh, he's the Henry Winkler of the bunch uh, (laughs) now. So um, there were 14 blank ballots submitted this year. Dave, you want, you want to redo this whole thing. I mean, I, I feel like we need at least a, le- a legitimately, we need a, an episode to discuss this on a couple right, of we levels. We could hold it. What, what we're doing, what, right. What th- this measure of what kind of a human being they are. I d- listen, Kurt Schilling is a douchebag, but. Oh, Ty Cobb apparently was a douchebag too. And who are we lionizing? It's, it's what I always talk about. 
yes, the olds can charge the youngs with recency bias, and you don't really know greatness because I watched blank when I was growing up. Okay, there's some merit in that. The other side of it is too, stop boosting up everybody as though it, it's the the thing that happens from watching highlights of mm-hmm. only highlights of great players is you get this weird sort of the the youngs kind of buy into it too because you only see highlights of the legends. You do not see right. them slip on a one yard run and their feet go out from under them and it goes nowhere. Um, so on one hand. Those the olds have the advantage in that regard. Like Jim mm-hmm. Brown highlights are always great. Jim Brown also threw a woman off a balcony. So really, wow. what are we talking like, like this this moralizing about? Well, you can't put him in because he's a bad guy. Like the the ships left the uh, left the harbor or whatever the cliche yeah. is there. That's well, what, what I mean. Well, isn't another like discussion anything else? is that we should isn't have it like like uh, you know comedians or whoever get canceled because based on this new you know level of. Um, well, I, I really know, do think that'd be a fun, a fun, I don't know, but an interesting conversation because really I get, we, I get DMS from, from people too. Like, how can you root for blank? You know, like, don't you know who blank is, what he's done or whatever? They say and I'm blank. Like, That's weird. That's a waste of a DM. It's Billy blank. They're talking about Tybo. They're talking about Atlanta <laughs> Falcons owner. Arthur uh, Blank. Arthur yeah. Blank. And yeah. I'm like, I listen, but he's done some nice things in the community. <laughs> no, stupid. um, the, um, I, it really like who who's who is um, whose conscience is clear if you start playing that game of like right. mm-hmm. who are right. you rooting right. for like I, I don't know I can probably if you tell me any team I can probably tell you something bad about a guy that they have on there right one thing but also this notion of of fame hall of fame like who decided that fame was the measure anyway mm. this is what everybody rings their head the olds ironically do you are the think ones it is like, the measure though? oh just because you're famous kim kardashian like what is she famous for it's like fame that's what we're right. what, what we're de- great that's what we want to determine who is the great among all the greats that we saw play that sport we can dig in deeper on it i've proposed it before i'm going to propose it to you guys now and then let's see where we can take this thing Let's leave all the halls of fame up on Mount Pius with their voters mm. to exact revenge on T.O. because he wasn't nice to me in a locker room. So I'm going to make him wait. What? Why? That's a part of the calculation. That kind of hokum. These uh, these racists <laughs> who played baseball 100 years ago against other white men. They're all good. They're all in the hall of fame no matter what. Their deeds against only white men is like, is that, so how do we measure that versus, you know, right. Willie Mays or Barry? All that jive. Let's leave all of it, all that conversation up in the 20th century, up on Mount Pius, and we human beings here in the 21st century can start anew. And let's do, instead of a Hall of Fame, some sort of grand hall of greatness. And we won't just keep it to one sport. Let's do it for all of North America. And let's put them all in. And let's, let's start from scratch. Let's do like our first 20, our 20 or something, because you can't, like... For the next year, you want to go and see some faces. Like mm-hmm. it would, if you only put five in, that wouldn't be enough. You need like 20, maybe 25. The inaugural class. But we also have to figure out what the name of this. I'm with is. it. Now, does this reside on Mount Pius or are we going somewhere? Because no, no. this is a big building. I don't know how uh, large the mountain is. I'm looking at your backdrop here. This well, is- when you go up to Mount Pius, yeah, and you can visit those halls of fame with all the voters for it. You and, take uh, Jive Lane North. You just keep taking it straight, right? <laughs> yeah. take No, yeah. Take a left at Coy Hill. 
um, I got where you. a lot of people like to live <laughs> right now. A lot of people have a lot of winter homes. A lot of pro right. football personnel guys have have uh, winter homes. They like to ski during mm -hmm. the day and and throw out coy nonsense at night about like, well, Jared Goff is our quarterback right now. Like, so mm. what are we supposed to take from that less need? Like, I don't know. I'm up on Coy Hill. Yeah. Now, you go past that, if you want to indulge that nonsense, then you go up to Mount Pius, and there you can have um, you, you, you can have righteous conversations about uh, why the home run king and the hit king and maybe the greatest pitcher of the last 50 years, when you go to the Baseball Hall of Fame, mm -hmm. are not in there. Like, hey, where's where's the guy who got the most hits, Dad? Like, well, he didn't make it. You know, like, well, then right. what the hell are we doing here? Well, who, who, who are we here to see? You know, Charlotte, you know? it's interesting. Hal Baines? I'm here to see Hal Baines? Please. <laughs> Greatest DH of all time. Uh, Dave makes a good point, especially about the fame part of it. And O.J. Simpson doesn't have to worry about this because he's already in the Hall of Fame. Right, but exactly. I, I think retroactively, if they could, they would take him out. And if that, if if... I'm using as my argument, screw you. I'm the most famous football player of all time, whether it's for good or Is bad reasons. I am really famous. So right, uh, right, right, right. number one on the fame uh, scale. He's infamous. Yes, he's infamous. Yeah. So my question, though, is, is, is it the Hall, like, is Hall of Fame, when you're voting guys in, is it who was famous? Or is it, I feel like voting has become who was good. No, it's about who's great. It has nothing that, that, that's right. It's, it's, so, it's hokum that they even, be. it was yeah. a misnomer to begin with. Hall of right. Fame. Fame. Well, but they, they, I know what they're thinking. It was, it was at one time and, and most of the time it's one and the same. If you're great, you're famous, right? Right. So uh, I feel like yeah. I, I do think though, you know, you look at a lot of athletes, it becomes this sort of impossible balancing act or this impossible question of what, Where's the line in the sand that we draw on who can be in because they're a terrible person <laughs> or not? Because like a lot of athletes, they've got things that people don't know about. Like if you if you say that, um, you know, cheating on your wife means you shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. And it's like, well, I think a lot of guys are probably sure. going to be ineligible. But like, so, <laughs> you know. I, I feel, but to me, well, maybe there's a woke Kurt Warner that gets to. No, no, no. I do. I feel like for me, something like a Kurt Schilling, who is so blatantly, who is so harmful publicly so often, that's okay to be like, yeah, sorry, man. Like you're, I don't know, but you know, it's it tough. Just, to, I, to but it depends you on who you are amendment. and on who yeah. you're. Like, if a bunch of different people are voting, then maybe a bunch of different people can use different criteria. I don't know. Well, that's the yeah, that's the kind of. Well, thing. I mean, you, they, you don't you don't want to put numbers to it, right, Dave? Because if you say three thousand hits, you're in. Two hundred fifty wins, you're in. Then then the game changes. Obviously, I don't like, know if, if there's a football, measure that's like right. well, you cannot you cannot debate that. Like this, the the nonsense about like you know not evaluating the 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 overall quality of the the um human being just what they didn't so is frank gore a hall of famer no and you know in your gut he isn't you just look at the numbers and swoon and then people get distracted that he won't go in here's another one we must reevaluate there are going to be some tough decisions oj is great so i think he has to be in famous bob greasy not great. I'm sorry. We're taking your gold jacket. If I were in charge of Canton, gold jackets would be revoked. I'm sorry. We only have so much room, Bob Greasy. And as it happens, we look back and realize you weren't good. 
And so you have to give back. But he wasn't jacket. good because of the stats, because the forward pass was barely um, utilized, not barely utilized, but certainly. Now, not even in that area, was. he wasn't great. He was not great, even compared to his peers. He does uh, not. It's tough. Bob Greasy oh, does not goodness. belong in the Hall of Fame. Stop. I know, it. but you got to put yourself in the shoes. If somebody might say, oh, look at the numbers. Frank Gore deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. But you had to live in the time. Right. So either we have the numbers. By. And how they were reflected in that time, or you're not. It's a big mess. We do have an email, uh, the extra points gang at gmail.com, if you want to reach out to us. This is an actual email from Marty, the extra points gang at gmail.com. He writes, Does this win against Rodgers help Brady's case for making the Hall of Fame? <laughs> <laughs> I say no, Marty. I think oh, Marty. he needs to string together seven or eight more of these. Um, oh, sweet Marty. Do we agree Tom Brady's in the Hall of Fame and you're? And your Dave Triple League uh, Hall of Fame, at least he's got to go. Yeah, I know. I mean, well, that's that's the real question is who cares about Hall of Fame? That's in the rearview mirror now. Out on right. the horizon, a grand new structure to house the true greats. And Tom Brady, spoiler alert, will go in. And Good. I suspect he'll be a first class member, too. There you go, Marty. That went against Rodgers was just enough really to put helped. him over the hump. Um, mm -hmm. Charlotte, what is going on in your life at the Wilder Things on Twitter? At the Wilder Things, um, the usual, yep. you know, got videos, got some articles, got a new People Sports podcast that'll be out tomorrow. Um, I am eventually going to be let out of my quarantine Airbnb in Los Angeles, and I'll be doing some interviews in studio next week, um, which reminds me, I have a favor to ask of you guys once this yeah. is over. Um, and, uh, you know, just sort of trying not to lose my mind, not talking to other people in person for another what, few What days. an elaborate prank this was. Nobody at Fox has the, uh, the gall to do this or the, the sensibilities. But imagine quarantining you and then saying, oh, yeah, we don't have a <laughs> studio. We don't have anything. But uh, I've thought of that. So enjoy I've been L.A. Like, <laughs> is someone pranking me? Because I last night I started going a little nuts, not not talking to, you know, I'm sure. I, I've can you called get every book? friend who will talk to me, and now I'm just like, ah, oh, God. Can I you get her booked on Kimmel, Sal? They're letting, uh, you know, some real ham and eggers in there. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Jimmy, have me on. I've got nothing All but right. time. <laughs> I'll I'll, uh, I'll see if I can pull some strings. At the Wilder Things, the people podcast, People's Podcast, so much more. Uh, at Tamashek for you, Dave, on Twitter. And you got a minus three coming up. Minus three coming up, of course, with uh, with Schwartz and Spaghetti. I assume that we'll dig in on uh, the uh, the demise of the blue shirts early on in the hockey season. Not very good. <laughs> and then also we're trying to book one uh, Sal Iacono to talk about his uh, his book. So we'll see if he can join us. And uh, I'll get in there. He's a hard get. <laughs> and maybe we could do our Hall of Great. We can really kick it off because I fear that Spaghetti and Schwartz are too young. They don't. Really, that's where you, you know. Do, what the standard's going to be? Like, are we going to allow pre-Super Bowl guys in there? I don't well, know. Well, maybe you have committees to... broken up into into generational, uh, you know, breakdowns like twenty five years. This is this the post twenty twenty, uh, post two thousand committee, and this, and they could you get you guys get your act together, and you give us your best seven, and then the nineteen seventy five to two thousand, you give us your best seven. Then we and do we want? I like that, but I, I'm sorry, see, I can I I legitimately can have this. A stupid conversation for the next four hours. You well, we'll stop recording and you can keep talking. But I, yeah. I, well, that's probably what'll happen. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it really like then is like, are we putting tennis people in? Because I don't know. Sure. I mean, does anybody care? 
if we have tennis people in there, the hell do you have? What do you have against Arthur Ashe all of a sudden? Come on. I don't know. What what about it? Or do we do it like maybe that's the way you work around golf and tennis and no? I'm putting mm, other assorted miles in there. I'm you know we're gonna if we're doing greatness, it's who's the yeah. great. Athlete. Maybe it's team greatness. Maybe no, it's just team sports. No, come on, Dave. No, no. Your your ballot know. can be team greatness. No. Bowling. We're gonna because then where where's the cutoff? Don't you line? want George, George Foreman high fiving Joe Montana and your and your structure I mean, up I there want, at Mount uh, Pius? I want Ali in there. That's for sure. I can't I can't have anything that's right. related that does doesn't honor the greatest. Well, of all time, I would but, I would put the whoever in uh you know orchestrated this Reddit coup. Um, he he needs to be in there too. Yeah. I mean, but I, then I, again, like you got them, me into probably this. a woman. Jeff Gordon. Oh, I'm sorry. Jeff yeah, Gordon's got to go. I don't want Jeff Gordon in my. What, what what do I what do I know from Jeff Gordon? All right, Dave, you're making the rules. Put whoever you want. Yeah, that's in, true. Man. This is your thing. This is your fruit of the year. But don't in a take building. like if you don't want Jeff Gordon in, don't put Jeff. No one I'm not. No one's That's putting true. your. No one's saying you have to put Jeff Gordon into your made-up. Excuse me, face. Charlotte. It's awfully easy to take that position without a Wikipedia page, but I have a responsibility that you wow. can't possibly oh my understand. God. Hit me wow. where it hurts. That's that speed. That's. That's Charlotte, you have a lot of free time quarantining. Just go at, go to town on Dave's Wikipedia page. It it seems yeah, like it's out, not buddy. It's not hard to make some uh, alterations. It seems <laughs> in someone's yeah. page without verification. It. All right, I'm at the cousin Sal. Uh, yes, listen to uh, Against All Odds. You got the Lemon Pepper Parlay guys. You have Waiver Wired. So many others. Minus three, as we said right here on. Uh, oh, and uh, the Betting Academy, Kendrick Perkins. And Gina Paradiso, they uh, twice a week go over basketball. Wow. We'll talk about this. LeBron, all of a sudden, I don't want to get into it now. MVP favorite. Unbelievable. Uh, 46 point effort. And As he um, should be right that's now. That's where right? he is. Mm -hmm. So there you go. And a reminder to everyone out there, you may feel like underdogs, but please remember, you're all our favorites. See you Friday.